Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, or good evening. So glad that you have joined us on Calvary Live, that you have found us. And I pray that this next hour is a tremendous blessing to all who are listening. So uh, keep it on Calvary Live here, and we want to answer your questions. We want to pray for you. This, of course, is the hour-long program where you get to call in, uh, and we will have a conversation, whether it's a question that you have concerning the Bible or Christian living or our response to all the things that we see going on around us. And there is a lot of confusion with people today, uh, They uh, and even Christians. How do we respond to all the different things that are taking place, what culture is, is telling us to do, uh, the things that are changing very rapidly? And so we want to be able to take you to the Word of God, to be able to give you truth and uh, to give you some clarity and understanding. So give me a call. You just heard that number the opening of the show. For you to be on the air is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. we got all open lines right now. Grab one of those open lines early because the lines can tend to fill up as the show goes on. And love to be able to talk to you. And as I've said this before, that this is really your show. This is an opportunity for you to call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests. And we want to pray for you as well. You know, there's a lot of talk shows on radio stations today. But Calvary Live, I believe, is very unique uh, because it is the uh, talk show that you get to uh, be part of, that you get to ask questions about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe it's a question that somebody has uh, been wondering about, that they get to hear the answer as well. And uh, so I want to welcome all the listeners that are here today. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in northern Colorado um, and just with you and um, just ready to take your calls. So give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. Love to hear from you. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. There's another way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request. That's through a dedicated text line. And that is a different number, and that is 720-336-0897. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the show, but I would encourage you to put those two numbers into your contact under Calvary Live. The call-in number, 303-690-3000. The text line, 720-336-0897. And I just pray that you're safe as you are texting that second number I gave to you, the text line is for texting only, and no one will answer that line. Um, you can't leave a message. Uh, it is a 24-7 actual prayer line for you to text a prayer request anytime. So if a prayer request comes up later uh, today, uh, in the middle of the night, tomorrow, just text it in, and you'll have uh, those who will be praying for you from Calvary Church in Aurora, the prayer team, the pastors that are there. So, hey, let's get the show started. Give me a call. I'll open lines right now. We want to welcome all those 
who are listening in on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado. Another beautiful day. This is uh, the 13th of September, Tuesday. You're listening live, and love to hear from you. Two stations, Grace FM 101.7 in Southern Colorado, and Pueblo, uh, parts of Pueblo West, Fountain, uh, and love to hear from you guys down in a Fountain Widefield Security Area, if you're listening, uh, grew up in that area. Always love to hear from you guys in Colorado Springs. Got many friends and uh, began my ministry there in the Colorado Springs area. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call. And then also 89.7 in the metro area from Castle Rock, Parker up through Denver and uh, along the Front Range, Boulder, Longmont, Fort Collins, Greeley up into southern Wyoming. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And uh, the text line again is 720-336-0897. Also listening live today is uh, those who are listening by Radio by Grace, many uh, stations across the nation. So love for you guys to call. So glad that you have joined us in our Calvary Live family. And then also those who are listening online, the online audience growing. Maybe perhaps you're listening on the Grace FM website or maybe perhaps on the mobile app. Uh, as you've downloaded the Grace FM mobile app on your mobile devices and your smartphones, I would encourage you to do that. It's a great resource for you. You get to listen not only to Calvary Live, but also to all the wonderful teaching that takes place uh, along, <clears throat> you know, during the day um, 24-7 on Grace FM. So download that app. And then also I want to welcome those who are week delayed uh, in listening to the broadcast Hope FM, Truth FM on the East Coast. You've been a part of our Calvary Life family for a long time. And Higher Rock Radio, uh, you too, are a week delayed uh, there in Idaho. So give me a call. we got all open lines right now. Uh, as I said, this is your show. Give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. So... Um, and um, just got a, a text. Um, Hi, Pastor Jeff. Good to hear you on the radio. Thank you and the team for your faithfulness and your gentle answers. And um, I appreciate the encouragement. And that reminds me of what the Scripture says. And I think it's important for all of us because uh, we are to give a defense. We are to be a witness to others. We are to give the truth in love. But um, that encouragement, and, and again, thank you who text that in, uh, because uh, we want to be here. We want to minister to you. And it says that we are to answer with gentleness. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29, that Paul writes, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And I think that's an important for us as Christians, that we do give the truth, give it in love, <clears throat> that our speech is to be seasoned with salt, uh, that we are to um, give it with a, a spirit of gentleness, and we are to do that in a way that um, will encourage and bless and uh, be an encouragement to others. And the reason I say that, because sometimes what I read from Christians on social media is so harsh, and, it, and it's so, um, uh, you know, you, you read it and you think, wow. And um, and our our answers are to be truthful, but be with grace as well. Now, Jesus, he was one that he was 
um, the perfect harmony of grace and truth. And he was full of grace and truth, as John writes in John chapter 1. And he never backed down from the truth, but he was also full of grace. And if it's just all truth and there's no grace, I mean, you can use the Word of God to really beat up on people. Uh, It reminds me of Peter there in the garden uh, when he took out his sword and cut the ear off of Malchus, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And you remember that uh, as they came to arrest Jesus, and Jesus said, put the sword away. And we know that Paul, when he writes about the armor of God, he says that you take on the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we can take the Word of God, and we can take it and begin to chop ears off uh, in our harshness and, and you know our zeal to defend the Lord. And, and we are to defend the gospel. But oftentimes in the harshness and, um, and just in the brutality of our speech, uh, we can begin to chop ears off, and we don't want to do that. So it just reminds me of that. Hey, we got all open lines. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. I want to read to you from Psalm 73 uh, because I was sharing this with somebody who was discouraged. And maybe you're just discouraged, and you need prayer today. You just you just need prayer. You just need um, some encouragement as um, the trials or difficulties, the struggles uh, go on um, in your life, around you. It seems like it's day after day, time after time. Uh, Just as we're seeing a change of season uh, here in uh, Colorado and across the nation, we're going from summer uh, to fall uh, here in September. And, uh, you know, perhaps you're going through a change in, in season, a season that is a little bit difficult where um, things are cooling off in your heart and, and um, you know, the days are getting um, shorter, the nights are getting longer, and you feel like it's getting a little bit darker. But I want you to know that the Lord's with you. And I want you to know that um, the Lord is with you in all seasons that you are in, and he loves you, and he's not going to forsake you. And in Psalm 73, the psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. And my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But it is good for me to draw near to God. And I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all your works. And so I just want to encourage you in that that the Lord sees you, and um, and he is your strength, and he is your portion. He desires to, to lift up your heart and to draw near to the Lord. And we want to encourage you to do that. So if you need prayer today, uh, just going through that time of of discouragement or whatever, we want to pray for you. Um, So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Uh, Got a couple open lines. Text line 720-336-0897. Text me a question or prayer request. And uh, as we have time, we'll go to the text line, just as I just did. Uh, But I'd love to hear from you and talk with you. So... Uh, give me a call. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Sal in Denver. Hi, Sal. Sal, are you there? Okay, Sal from Denver. He dropped. Anyway, he asked the question, does the Bible contradict itself in the Gospels about what happened to Judas when he died? Uh, he didn't want to... to um, okay, I see that he did drop. And... Um, and that's a good question because people ask that. And what we have is in the scriptures, it tells us about Judas 
Um, and uh, in the book of Acts, I believe, uh, what it tells us there about Judas is that as they're looking at appointing appointing a new uh, uh, apostle, because Judas was gone, and it tells us that uh, in that, that uh, Acts chapter 1, let me find it for you, that uh, they're praying, they're seeking, um, and it tells us that, uh, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in his ministry, now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity. Falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his entrails gushed out. So that's what the book of Acts has to say there in verse 18. When you go to, for example, Matthew's gospel, Matthew's gospel tells us that uh, the rope broke, um, I believe. And as we look at that, um, here is Judas, uh, that <clears throat> he uh, would... Uh, the rope break, and it seems like there's a contradiction that is there, but there's really not a contradiction that is there at all. It just gives us some further information as what it does. So the rope would break. He would then fall, and uh, and what happened, what Acts begins to describe there. And so, you know, what the Gospels does is sometimes one Gospel writer, for example, the resurrection, sometimes you, you read the account of the resurrection, and it seems to be a little bit different in Luke than it is in John, but John is emphasizing what happened on that, that first day of the week when Jesus rose from the grave. He emphasizes Mary Magdalene and seeing Jesus and looking into the tomb. Luke's gospel has a, you know uh, the account that follows more with Matthew. So there's further information, and you can put the two together, but they don't contradict each other. So Saul, hopefully look at that, and you'll see that, um, that the rope did break, uh, but then he would fall in that field and, uh, of course, his entrails would burst as he hit the ground. So 303-690-3000, the calling number, maybe you got a question that you just want some clarity on. Uh, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sherry in Denver. Hi, Sherry. Hi. How are you? Um, uh, good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You're on good. Calvary Live. Go ahead. Well, I think it's it's you know more tradition, and you can get into all the history of, you know, it, what happens is as you look at the history and clear back to Constantine, you know, declaring Christianity to be the official religion of Rome, and there are a lot of people that say, well, there's a conspiracy that happened, and and a lot of paganism that comes into, you know, the Christmas Christmas season with Christmas trees and Yule logs and uh-huh. and all of that. So Christians should not celebrate Christmas on December 25th. I don't have a problem with it personally, and I'll tell you why. Because Paul writing in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 14, he says that one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And he who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. So he's talking about the, the law of liberty that we have in Christ. And I, I don't have a problem celebrating the birth of Jesus on December 25th um, at all. Um, that's what traditionally what we have done. We've done it here at Calvary Chapel for 27 years. On December 25th, 
uh, I esteem that day to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Was he born on December 25th? Most likely he wasn't. But to me, it doesn't stop me from celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of our Savior. Um, was there, is there paganism involved in the Christmas season? There still is today. You know, it's very commercial. Um, it's, you know, um, commercialized. It's a lot of other things that are emphasized. Santa Claus, you know, snowflakes, ho, 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 and all of that. But for me as a Christian, I can esteem that day. I can celebrate that day. And the same thing is said with um, any other Christian holiday. For example, um, Easter. People say you shouldn't use the term Easter. Resurrection Day, you shouldn't celebrate it because uh, it deals with bunny rabbits and um, all this other stuff, and there's paganism involved in it and things like that. Well, I'm going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have no problem in doing that. So here in this law of liberty that I can celebrate Christmas on the 25th of December, and I don't have a problem in doing that. Matter of fact, I love the Christmas season because it's an opportunity for us as Christians to really tell people what this season is about, and that is the birth of our Savior. It's such a magnificent you know, account, isn't it, Sherry? And you know, on Resurrection Sunday, that that's our hope is that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. So Christmas, there's a reason why Jesus came. And, you know, people were full of fear at that time, Sherry, that it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered for new taxes. We all know that account in Luke chapter 2. And the thing about it is people were afraid. It wasn't just the shepherds out there in the field when the angels showed up. But they were afraid because Rome was, you know, ruling the world. They were afraid because this madman, uh, uh, Herod the Great, was ruling uh, over Judea. The people were afraid of the religious leaders. And I'll tell you what, Sherry, people are afraid today. People are afraid today of what's happening, and they're confused. And we have a message that the light of the world has come. Jesus Christ, that God would love us so much that he would send his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I have no problem proclaiming that on Christmas and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And then also on Easter that we have a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if Christians have certain convictions about, you know, celebrating Christmas and stuff, I'm not going to try to to turn them away from that. But I celebrate Christmas, our church does it, we have no problem with it because we steam that day as traditionally we celebrate the day of the birth of Jesus Christ on December 25th, and normally we do it on December 24th, Christmas Eve services. Okay. that help? That does help. All right. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye now. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, call-in number. The text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I remember when I was first in my ministry that I'd have you know people that would really make me feel like oh I'm a terrible pastor and, and a terrible Christian because I celebrate Christmas and you shouldn't do that and there's a lot of paganism and you shouldn't have a Christmas tree and any trees in the church and you know just searching the scriptures on that um, you know I, I, we don't worship the tree you know they will point to jeremiah chapter 10 about cutting a tree down and you know putting silver on it and stuff he's talking about paganism he's talking about uh 
um, idol worship, and we don't worship the tree, um, but we can celebrate the season in a message very clearly that Jesus Christ came to this world, and the world needs to hear that message. And I'm always delighted. I always look forward to the Christmas season because also, as we're going to be hitting it, I know it's still three months away, but it's an opportunity for you to invite people out to a Christmas Eve service to tell them the reason for this season, the birth of Jesus Christ. It's a great, great opportunity for us as Christians to share with others. So appreciate the question, Sherry. Very good question. Let's go to Matthew in Charleston. Hey, how Matthew? are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for calling. You're on Calvary Live. All right. I just wanted to know, what's the gospel that saves the soul today, according to the Apostle Paul? Well, Paul would write about the gospel, and he would give the definition of the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And so that's the gospel that he brought. He says, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you and you also received in which you stand, that Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for our sins. He was put into a grave. He rose again after three days. And he's alive and he made atonement for our sins. And he is the one that is our salvation. Jesus said in that upper room right before he went to the cross that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say he was a way. He said, I am the way. And as Paul would explain, we're going to get ready to go into the book of Galatians. And it's interesting because Paul, it's the first epistle that he wrote early in his ministry. And he says, there's only one gospel. The gospel that has been delivered to me is not from man. Uh, it's, it's something I didn't make up, but the gospel of Jesus Christ that he came and he died for our sins, and he finished that work on the cross. Jesus Amen. cried out from the cross, it is finished. And he died for our sins, and now we come in faith. And as we put our faith and trust in him, then that brings salvation to us as we surrender our hearts to him. So that's the gospel that we have. Amen. Trust in Christ as our personal Savior. Yeah, and, and you know, the difference between uh, Paul's ministry and the ministry of, like, say, Peter or Christ when he was alive on the earth. What's that again? I didn't catch that. Do you see a difference between Paul's gospel that was given to him by Christ after the resurrection versus what Peter was sharing to no. the Jews and the nation of Israel? No, and you know, in those early chapters of the book of Acts, as Peter. I think where the the early Christians kind of struggled was is that they didn't quite understand that this thing called the church would consist of both Jews and Gentiles. So when Peter went went to Cornelius, you know, that centurion, and he gave the gospel, and, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were saved, that's really where the gospel began to the Gentiles, was there in Caesarea— when he went back to Jerusalem, he, he told the brethren about it, um, and they were amazed. And so what was happening is that in the early church, they were trying to kind of figure out, you know, not only the gospel going to the Gentiles, but then the book of Galatians, the uh, Jerusalem Council of Acts chapter 15, what do we tell these Gentile 
believers? Do they have to be circumcised? Is it faith in Jesus Christ and its circumcision and keeping the law of Moses? And I think Acts chapter 15 is very, very important for us as Christians to understand because they have this this meeting. Paul, Barnabas, the, the guys from Antioch and Syria, they come up to Jerusalem. And then in Jerusalem, there's Peter and John and James. And there was even, as you read in chapter 15 of the book of Acts, that there was some of the Pharisees that were believers that were at that meeting. And, yep. you know, it's amazing to think that the Pharisees, some of them became believers, but they did. And they were saying that we have to tell these Gentile Christians it's faith in Jesus Christ and they have to keep the law. And what was, you know, going to, what was, you know, there before them is perhaps it was Christianity just going to be another sect of Judaism. But then they came up, you know, and they said, listen, this is what we're going to tell those Gentile believers, that we're going to tell them that they abstain from immorality, um, that they don't eat meat offered to idols, um, that they don't re- you know, eat meat that is strangled. They didn't say anything about the Sabbath, didn't say anything about circumcision, didn't say anything about they have to keep the law. But it was Peter that actually stood up and said that we can be saved like these Gentiles are being saved because it's faith in Jesus Christ alone. And as I was just saying, that one of the things that I'm going to do is go through the book of Galatians, because there's only one gospel, and it's very important for us as Christians to understand that gospel. And And Paul even talks about how he confronted Peter um, in the book of Galatians when, when Peter was, you know, so they were sorting all that out, but there was one gospel that they preached and one gospel that they gave. And uh, we see that with the writings of Peter and we see that with Paul, of course, who was a champion of grace. So I think it was the grace that they were kind of struggling with. And, um, yeah. and you know, he says, listen, Christ has, has broken down the wall of separation that is both Jew and Gentiles, that we can all come near. And so um, one gospel is very important for us as Christians to realize. I, I tend to see a lot of people can't see the distinction between what was given to Paul and his ministry towards the Gentiles and what was given back in the law to the Jews. So yeah, yeah, I see yeah. people put themselves back under that law when Christ fulfilled the law for us because we couldn't do it. It's right, exactly. He- yeah, exactly. And, you know, we don't go back to law. And in the book of Galatians, you know, um, Matthew is um, there, you know, Paul says, I, he uses terms like, who bewitched you? Oh, foolish yeah. Galatians. I marvel that you turn away from a gospel to another. And he says that I worry for you, that you, I labor for you in vain. You observe days and months. And, you know, he's talking about the Sabbath and all of that. If somebody wants to observe the Sabbath, fine, go ahead or take a Sabbath day. But the thing is, all the Sabbath was fulfilled, you know, through Jesus. He's our Sabbath rest. All the feasts were fulfilled by Jesus. All the sacrifices were fulfilled by Jesus. So it's, as you said, Jesus is the fulfillment that he is our Savior. He's the one that has done the work and saved us on the cross of Calvary and through his resurrection. Amen. Hey, thanks, Matthew. Thank good, you. Good question. Hey, God bless you. Always good to hear from you guys and in and, um, and, and different parts of the country and um, just uh, just really 
um, glad that you call. We're getting ready to go to break, so we got an open line, and uh, so we're going to get to Daniel. We're going to get to Crystal. Uh, stay on the line. Love to talk to you guys. And uh, we got an open line. Grab one of those open lines. We'll have plenty of time here uh, in the program. And uh, we're going to go to break. It's the only break that we have of the show. Uh, you're going to hear the music. And then on the other side of break, we'll pick up the phone calls. But let me give you that number. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And the text line is 720-336-0897. Hey, hang on uh, to the phone. Daniel and Crystal will get to you right after the break. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs at Calvary Chapel Greeley up here in northern Colorado with you on this beautiful fall day. It's Tuesday, the 13th of September. And those of you uh, listening online, uh, your mobile app, uh, the the Grace FM app, maybe perhaps you're listening on Radio by Grace or by Grace FM. You're listening live on this Tuesday. Love to hear from you. You just heard the numbers to be a part of the show. We got plenty of time. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number, and the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And so, um, just. I uh, want to remind those of you up here very quickly in northern Colorado, uh, we've been doing a study in Daniel, and uh, we'll be in Daniel this Sunday, 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock. Incredible, incredible study. And uh, we're going to be concluding Daniel pretty soon and then go into Galatians. So love for you to join us and meet you and to serve your family. And um, we got just wonderful children's ministry, middle schoolers, um, just so much that goes on during the week, Bible studies, men's studies, couple lady studies, young adults on Friday, um, classes on Saturday morning, just a lot of ways for you to get connected and be encouraged in the Word of God and to grow in the Word of God and to have fellowship. And that's very important for us as Christians in the day in which we are in. Calvary Chapel Greeley, G-R-E-E-L-E-Y dot org is our website. You can listen to the live uh, stream on Sunday mornings, those services. You can check us out where we're at. We got people from all over the country that that tune in and have been tuning in and listening to that uh, study in Daniel. So we're mountain time. So if you're out east, um, it's a two-hour difference. If you're on the west coast, uh, you're an hour behind us. So check us out, org. But we do want to go to the phone lines. I believe we got an open line, 303 690 Let's go to Daniel and Fountain. Daniel? Yes, sir. Hey, it's good to hear from you guys down there in Fountain. Right. Yeah. All right. So I have a bit of a, it's more of an open answer, I guess, that I, I'm curious about. Um, the question itself is, uh, it says in, I believe it's uh, Psalms 93.2, it says, it's speaking about God, and it says, clouds and darkness are about him, speaking about his throne. 
And then uh, if you also look in uh, Genesis where it models the tabernacle, um, not Genesis, I'm sorry, uh, Exodus, where it models the tabernacle, it would have been a very dark place and uh, very hot, uh, smoky from the incense and everything, so that also fits the model. And then if you look in uh, Matthew, uh, in the parable of the wedding feast, there's an individual who came to the wedding feast and was asked, why have you come to the wedding feast with no wedding garment? And he said, uh, bind him hands and feet and throw him into outer darkness. So here it seems like the Bible is implying that God dwells around his throne in darkness, and that outer darkness is a distinctly separate location of darkness than that which God inhabits. I'm curious about your thoughts on this material. Well, that was a lot of a lot of verses that you just threw at me. But, you know, oftentimes when it speaks of the cloud, um, the, the tabernacle, there was, the, um, for example, in the book of Exodus, it also speaks about that there was the pillar of cloud, right? That right. was by day and the pillar of fire by night. And the cloud is um, speaking of, I believe, the, of the Shekinah glory of God. Um, right. that there was the Shekinah glory of God. Um, there is the, you know, cloud that you mentioned, um, their throne established from of old, you are from everlasting, but you got to remember that God is light. And, um, and so as you look at the description of the throne of God there in Revelation chapter four, you see these lights that are described, the brightness, the glory of it. So I believe it's just speaking of the glory of the Lord the cloud that lifted the book of Ezekiel from the temple, it lifted and went over to Kidron Valley and up the Mount of Olives, and then it departed. Well, it was speaking about how the glory of God is departed because of their idol worship. And so that's what I believe that it's speaking of. Now, the outer darkness that, you know, whether it's the outer darkness of eternal damnation is something that's completely different. But the thing to remember is God is light and, and, um, and, you know, he is light that speaks of his purity, his holiness, his righteousness. And so that's what I get as I read these things. Okay, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Hey, it's good to hear from you guys down there in Fountain area. And God bless you guys. All right, bye-bye. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720 0897. Let's go to Crystal in Commerce City. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Good. Go I'm ahead. Calling. Yeah, I'm calling in because I've had something in my heart that I've uh, really kind of weighing down. I really wanted to get some biblical answers um, about in Leviticus. Um, it talks about uh, the annual festivities or the annual uh it's the the annual um holidays i think it's uh i think there's like seven of them um the there's feast. possibly more yes mm-hmm. so and my question is um as christians are we does god still command us to follow those um festivals to celebrate those holidays. Um, and then I just have a follow-up question, you know, is if if so, you know, where in the Bible, you know, can we go and read that, that he does command us to continue these traditions and, you know, celebrate these holidays? Um, 
or if he, you know, if he says no, we no longer are to um, follow these traditions, these holidays. Then, you know, where in the Bible can I find, um, can I find that scripture? Well, I think a good scripture for you to read is go to the book of Colossians, and in chapter two, Paul is writing to that church, and he says to them um, that it's not philosophy, um, but it's Christ. Uh, he, the book of uh, Colossians is really telling us how Christ is uh, is uh, preeminent over all all things. It's not philosophy. In Him is hidden all the wisdoms of knowledge and truth. And and then Paul writes something very important. He says, "Let don't let anybody cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to traditions of men." And then he goes on and he says, "It's not legalism either." And he says something mm-hmm. very important. He says in verse 16, Let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbaths. Uh, I've already mentioned today on the show when Paul wrote that early ep- uh, epistle of Galatians that uh, he was concerned for them because they were being told that they had to follow the law. They were being told that they had to observe the Sabbath. They had to observe these certain things. And Paul, uh, he would say to them, as he he expresses his fear for them, um, he said that um, that. Uh, but now, after you have known God, or rather, are known by God, this is in chapter four of the book of Galatians. How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. For I'm afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. So he he's saying you observe days, that's Sabbath, you know, the, the feast, the festivals. And the thing about it is, is that a Christian can observe those things, but a Christian is to observe those things in the light of Jesus Christ because he came and he fulfilled all of that. So around the, um, you know, season of, of um, you know, Resurrection Sunday or Easter, that there are churches that will do a Seder. There's nothing wrong with doing a Seder, celebrating the Passover, but it's done in a light to where we understand that Jesus, he's the one that fulfilled Passover. He's our Passover lamb that came and died for our sins. It's no longer, you know, the shedding of sheep and, you know, spreading the blood on the doorposts and the lentils, but it is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who came and died for our sins. Um, you know, he fulfilled, uh, Pentecost was fulfilled on the, on the, the day that the church was born in Acts chapter two. So Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these things. Those things, and in Colossians chapter two goes on to say are just a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. So if I walk out into a parking lot on a Sunday morning and my wife's coming into church and it's a sunny day, which usually it is on Sunday morning, and she's coming towards me, I don't go up and greet her shadow, do I? I I greet her, you know. I tell her good morning. I give her a hug. I'm glad she's there because she's the reality. Um, I don't go to the substance. It would be weird if I start, you know, hugging the shadow on the ground and all of that. So these feasts and these, you know, the Sabbath day was given to the children of Israel that Jesus fulfills them. He's our Sabbath rest. He fulfills the feasts. He fulfills the sacrifice because he is our sin sacrifice. He's our trespass sacrifice. Um, All these things are uh, just a substance and a a, uh, shadow of the reality of Jesus Christ. So 
That's why Paul calls it the weak and beggarly elements. And also that we know that in the book of Hebrews, that the writer of the book of Hebrews is really emphasizing that Jesus is superior. His sacrifice is superior. Um, he, you know, comes from a superior priesthood. He, uh, you know, ministers in a superior sanctuary. He's more superior than any other religious leader or the angels. Um, Jesus is better. Jesus is superior. And the old covenant could not bring people into the presence of the Lord. There was there was a problem with it um, because only the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies uh, once a year on the Day of Atonement after elaborate washings and cleansings. And he is explaining that, that the animal sacrifices, it wasn't enough. They had to do it over and over and over again because it was a kofar. It was a covering for the one who would come, Jesus, who died for our sins once and for all. So you see that there that is uh, given to us in the book of Hebrews, that phrase, he died once and for all, once and for all, to take sin away. So Jesus is the fulfillment of those things. And if a Christian wants to observe the Sabbath, observe the Sabbath. Um, um, But it's that verse that I read in the book of Romans, that one man esteems one day above another, one man esteems every day alike. You'd be convinced in your own mind. And I'm one that happens to be, I, I, you know, every day is to be celebrated in the Lord. Every day is a time that we can worship the Lord. And, um, and we as Christians are not told that we have to keep the Sabbath. Uh, is the Sabbath principle important? A day of rest to be refreshed and renewed in the Lord? Yes. But our salvation is not dependent upon it and the keeping of the law, because the law can never save anyone. And those feasts are just, as I mentioned, a picture of, point to the one who would come and fulfill those, and that is Jesus Christ. Okay? Amen. Amen. Thank you. So, um, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I think oh, it's important just, for us mm-hmm. for us to understand. <laughs> Sorry, what, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You know, you're, you asked a very important question. And um, and I think that we need to have clear understanding of the liberty that we have, you know, in Christ and um, and that we're not under the law. We're not under obligation to observe those feasts, to keep the dietary laws. You know, Paul wrote that receive all food with thanksgiving. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, we have that freedom and and I'm I'm grateful for that because I love my you know, sausage in the morning and when I can make it. Your pork chops and bacon. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, yes, I, I have to be careful. I, you know, I have to be careful on my diet, you know, and yes, um, yes. Th- those, there's nothing wrong with the dietary laws. They were good. And, and um, what the Lord says, but all foods are to be received with Thanksgiving and when it comes to the spiritual side of things. So thank Crystal. Anything else you have? Yeah, thank you. I actually do want to um, request um, that you pray for my mother-in-law. Those questions just kind of, they, they, they were born from a situation that I'm currently in with her. Um, long story short, she was attending a Christian church a few years back, and COVID happened, and um, she didn't have anywhere she was going after that, and somehow came across um, a Spanish church on YouTube. It's a Jewish, I believe it's a Jewish uh congregation and so now she's very adamant about trying to convert my husband and I and getting us to follow these festivities and these festivals and you know everything that comes with the old laws and all of that and 
I understand everything that you've just, you just shared, like what you just said. I totally understand and I get it. And I've tried to express that to her many, many times in every conversation <laughs> that we have. She always brings up yeah. these holidays and, and I've gotten to the point, I think I've hit my point of kind of like frustration with her. And I'm like, okay, I've got to just talk to God and, and forget, ask for forgiveness for feeling frustrated. But I feel like she's just very blindsided right now. She's blind with uh, the legalism and everything that comes with the religion. And so I've just been praying. I've been praying to maybe uh, talk to someone or to have an opportunity to learn how I can, um, you know, biblical scripture that I can actually point to and show her that says, you know, everything that you just said, pretty much, that you just summed it all up. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm, I'm still yeah. learning. I'm still learning. You know, I'm also a newer believer. Um, and uh, so I don't have all of the tools that I need when I, or I don't know exactly how to find all of the, you know, information that I need at the moment. So it, it definitely helps, you know, to, to talk to you, to someone that does, yeah. um, you know, and, it, it and, understands that. And, and just and keep so, sharing yeah. her, th- those scriptures and, you know, the book of Romans and, and, um, you know, Acts chapter 15, those are just verses to share. But sometimes the problem can be when there's such a focus on the the feasts and the festivals and observing them. Like I said, if they want to do it, they want to do it. But the focus becomes on that rather than on Jesus exactly. and can take us right. away from Jesus. So let's pray for your mom. Father, I pray for Crystal and and uh, her mom. And, and um, I just pray that you would just bring a uh, really the truth of the the gospel and grace um, and Lord that Jesus fulfilled it all that the focus with her mom would be on Jesus and the atoning work of the cross and um, and, and those things of the Old Testament uh, we know that God instituted but um, they were fulfilled by Jesus they pointed to Jesus it's all about Jesus and and that that balance would come back into her mom. So I just pray you give her wisdom, that you give her um, just um, words to give to her, uh, that she'd be patient, and that you would, Lord, um, just draw her mom to to just really, Lord, um, as the writer of Hebrews says, that we are to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessings, Crystal. Three zero three six nine. You bet. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. So we got a couple open lines. Text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Laney in Denver. Hi. Is it Lenny? Lene? Lene. Yes. Thanks for calling, Lene. You're on Calvary Live. I just had a quick, um, like a question or statement. Um, my thing is, is it okay or who has grieved for God? Okay, now this is where I'm coming from with this. So mm-hmm. we all agree that God is omniscient. He's everything that we all need, correct? Right. So in the Garden of Eden, when Adam was with him, okay, Adam had everything he wanted, could desire, but God felt that, you know, he was lonely. He needed more. Like, he, that's why he came about. Is that correct? Now, now say that again. I didn't quite catch that. When, um, when in, in the when Garden God of Eden. Was, when God was in the, um, the, the Garden of Eden with, with Adam, okay? Yeah, the and cool of the day. With, and he was there uh-huh. with him. And he loved him, and he gave him everything. Yeah. But he still felt that he needed more. 
So he made Eve, correct? Right. So that that's my thing. Like, I feel so bad about that because God, here's God giving us everything, okay, but still, and we're still wanting more. Is that okay to grieve for that? Like, because every time I think about something like that, when, every time I think about that, that really hurts my heart because here he is wanting to do everything for us, and we and like Adam saw everything. He was he was able to see everything, but God was giving him, but was still lonely and wasn't enough. So Eve came about. I'm like, how was I? Don't like my whole thing was how how did God feel about that? I mean, for sure, you know, he's got feeling. Well, he, I think that the thing. The thing to remember is God, he, you know, he, in the creation story, he created the heavens and the earth and through all chapter one and into chapter two, he said, it is good. It is good. It is good. Like what you're saying. And then when he made Adam, he said, you know, it's very good. But then he saw as Adam had dominion, he's in, you know, that garden of Eden. Um, You know, he has everything. It's, it's a perfect world. There's no sin. There's no taint of sin. But he looked at Adam and said, it's not good for for Adam. That's the first time that we read that God said, this isn't good. And he wanted to bless Adam. So he he made out of the side of Adam, of course, the woman, the woman to be the completer. So it didn't grieve God to do that. You know, and I think I know kind of where you're going with this a little bit, because, you know, God should be our ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. But he does bless us with good things and he won't withdraw anything that is good for us. And, you know, for, for the blessing of man, he gave the woman to complete him, um, not to compete against him, but to complete him. And it was a blessing that the Lord gave and he gives us blessings daily. And, you know, um, and, you know, for me is there's a big difference between, you know, covetousness or, you know, wanting more, naming and claiming it and all of this, I believe that does grieve the heart of God when we just want things for our own desire, for our own purposes, our own will. But the Lord is good and he's gracious. And that's part of the graciousness and the goodness of God is giving us those things, whether it's a a spouse or, you know, provision monetarily or good health or, you know, whatever the case may good, because every good gift comes from above is what the scripture says. And he's a father that, um, even as I think about Jesus, if, if a son asks for, you, you know, a, a bread, he's not going to get a stone. Um, and he's speaking in context of the Holy spirit, but you know, we can grieve the Holy spirit. And the Bible talks about that when we're out of God's will, when we're selfish, when we're, you know, one in our own will, rather than not my will, but your will be done. So I, I that's kind of how I, I see that. But what a tremendous blessing um, for Adam that God saw that he was alone. And he says, yes. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make Eve. Does that help? Yes, that does. That is explains a lot to me. I appreciate that. Cause, you, and, know, and I I've, appreciate, you know, I've been in the Bible yeah. and, you know, been reading. I've been doing it for years, of course, but now I'm trying to get more you know, question. I got a lot of questions. Maybe I need to get like a Bible study or something like that. Yeah. Like ask yeah. these kind of questions with people who, you know, really yeah. know and things like that because that was a big count. Because I was just like, God's all that we need. That's, you know. Yeah. He you is. Know, I'm like, that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you keep studying. And then if you got any more questions, you call us back here on Calvary Life, okay? Okay, it sounds great. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Have a great evening. All right, we're getting towards the end of the show, so we're going to go to Wallace in Georgia. Wallace? Yes, sir. How are you? All right. Good. You're on Calvary Live. Yes, sir. I was wondering about uh, the disciples and all, they kept the Sabbath, and Jesus kept the Sabbath. And uh, I was just wondering if they kept it and why that uh, when was it done away with? Well, you got to remember that the disciples that they were Jewish, and so was Jesus. So they were keeping the, the you know the the customs of the the Sabbath, and it came to be what is interesting, Wallace, when you read the Gospels, where the contention of the religious leaders um, really began with Jesus was over the Sabbath, um, that the disciples were plucking heads of grain as you read in the Synoptic Gospels, um, that um, the Pharisees said, you can't do that, that's unlawful, you, you're breaking the Sabbath. So that was the most uh, important of all the laws um, of God was keeping of the Sabbath, according to the Pharisees. And they came up with all these rules and regulations concerning keeping the Sabbath. When it was to be a day to be refreshed and renewed in the Lord, ended up being a day of legality and burdens and all that. Jesus would heal on the Sabbath day, and the religious leaders would be furious with him. And you see that particularly not only in Matthew's Gospel, but I think Luke emphasizes this as well. So the Sabbath law was given to the Jews. Now, when you go to the uh, book of Acts, when you go to the New Testament, all of a sudden the Gentiles are getting saved. So the question was, do we tell them that they have to keep the Sabbath? Do we tell them that they have to be circumcised, that covenant that God made with Abraham back in the book of Genesis? And as they they met together in Acts chapter 15, um, they came to the conclusion that uh, what we're going to tell these Gentile Christians is is that we're going to tell them, they and let me read it to you from Acts chapter 15, that we write to them, abstain from things polluted by idols, from immorality, from things strangled and from blood. Nothing said about the Sabbath. In matter of fact, I just read from Colossians chapter 2 that Paul says, let no one judge you according to festivals, foods, feasts, according to Sabbaths. And then the liberty that we have as a Christian is this, is that we are to, um, you can esteem one day above another, esteem every day alike. You'd be convinced in your own mind, Romans chapter 14. So we're not told to keep the, the Sabbath law. And the Christians began to meet on the first day of the week, um, even in the earliest of, of the church. Um, and so the, the Sabbath was given to the Jews of the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, you know, we're not told that we have to keep the Sabbath. If somebody wants to observe the Sabbath, go ahead and to observe it. But even these things of Acts chapter 15, where he says, you know, abstain from, from immorality, because the Gentiles were coming out of paganism that really emphasized that, um, from things strangled, meat offered to idols, for the sake of sensitivity and morality and purity, this is what you are to do. But Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. He's our Sabbath rest. And that's why I believe, even as Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, that the Sabbath is, is just was a substance of the reality, a shadow of the reality, and that is Jesus Christ, 
who is their Sabbath rest and came and fulfilled it all and all the feast and everything else that, um, that, um, you know, that was in the old Testament. So, you know, the early church in Acts chapter two, they went from house to house daily breaking bread and the Lord added to the church daily, such as being saved. Uh, sometimes people say, well, it was a conspiracy, you know, um, that, they changed, you know, the early Christians were meeting on Saturday and they changed it to Sunday. Now, I see in the earliest of the church, and even as you go to Acts chapter 19, as Paul is teaching on the first day of the week, uh, he would write in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, when you meet, I'm going to come on the first day of the week. I'm going to, you know, take your gathering, your collection that he was going to take to Jerusalem because that's when they met on the first day of the week. So we're not told to observe the Sabbath. As I said, a Sabbath principle is interesting. It's it's a good principle, but in the New Testament, uh, we're not commanded that we as Christians have to keep the Sabbath. But where he told them together, he told them together and have it together when he got there, where he would have they would have it gathered together before he got there, and not to have together on the Sabbath where he'd be coming on the first day of the week and pick it up, not just together on the Sabbath. but have it Well, I'm not sure Sunday. where you're going with that, but, you know, we're sorry we're out of town. It may be out of time. It may be a discussion for another time, but I appreciate you calling, Wallace. And, um, and look to Scriptures, read Acts 15, Romans 14, and I think that will help you. Uh, in the question that you have. Hey, sorry you ran out of time when you hear the music. God bless you. So good to talk with you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.